Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. So it's good to be here. Uh, I actually grew up in Greyfriars. Just in, I, I look around and I, I recognize very few people, especially with the masks on. So um, I apologize for that. If I don't recognize you, just introduce yourselves after the service. But Georgian and I are glad to be here. I grew up in Greyfriars, as I say, was, uh, you know, came to Christ through the youth group uh, at a canoe camp, um, was in the, the, the crossroads, as it was called then, I don't know, is it still called crossroads, and uh, the youth group later on, and um, went off to university, got involved in mission, operation mobilization to start with. Now we're with Wycliffe Bible Translators, as you know. And these passages we've looked at, they're about being sent, aren't they? Uh, and it was very exciting to go, to get on a plane. We were, we were prayed for here and at a couple of other churches. And then we, you know, you get on a plane and you go. We went first to St. Petersburg, actually. And then eventually moved down to West Asia, um, where the culture is very different. There were apparently no known believers. That's what we were told amongst the people group who we were working amongst, this Turkic language that we were doing Bible translation for. I'm sorry I can't give you any names because it's all going on, you know, YouTube and everything else. Um, uh, there were about 30 mission workers in the place where we were working. Uh, and gradually, people started to come to faith, not necessarily through the mission workers, but some were. Uh, and we just saw God go ahead of us and provide us with people to work with in Bible translation, despite the fact that, in theory, there were no believers. After a bit, there was a young church, very vibrant, um, and meeting in very sort of sitting on the floor, in a circle, drinking green tea, just, you know, with Bibles thrown here and there. There, there, were, there was a New Testament, you see, that uh, had been translated before we got there. Our main jobs to work on Old Testament. And, of course, we got involved with that and got to know those believers and shared our lives with them as much as we could. So, I want to talk to you about the fact that mission is God's mission. It's God's mission, not our mission. We saw God go ahead of us, and it's God that does mission. Chris Wright says, uh, you can talk just as meaningfully about a missional basis for the Bible as a biblical basis for mission, which he says is not true for, for instance, marriage or, or work or whatever. In other words, the whole reason the Bible exists the Bible exists, this is going to collapse in a minute, I can see that, um, that the whole reason the Bible exists is because, uh, you know, th that God was at work in the first place, that God's activity predated the Bible, okay? And the Bible is about God's work in the world. Somebody's going to tighten it for me. Oh, look at that, a lectern. Thank you. That's wonderful. Um, so, sorry to the musicians. I'm a musician myself, so I sympathize. Um, so, where was I? Talking about the, the fact that, God's, that the Bible comes about because of God's mission. And we see that in Matthew 28. So, uh, Jesus says, all authority has been given to him. He's risen. He's been given all authority. He's ascended. Uh, it's very Trinitarian as well. I love that song that talks about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. It's very appropriate for this verse here. 
And now he commissions his disciples to go. And all of a sudden, their mission has opened up from Israel to the whole world. Uh, and that's fantastic, isn't it? And we see the Holy Spirit as well in Acts, pushing people out. You know, persecution happens in Jerusalem. People start leaving because of the persecution. And not only that, of course, we read about Paul and Barnabas being sent out. Uh, and there's a great link, I, between, I think, between the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, mission, and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And you can read about it in, in uh, there's a prophecy in Daniel. Matthew is very much about promise and fulfillment. And I think the verses in Matthew 28 he's alluding to are Daniel 7, 13 to 14. Uh, the coming one like a son of man, you know, uh, and he was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. But with, the, with this mission to suddenly being to all nations, we're actually seeing God's promise to Abraham being fulfilled. Abraham, right back at the beginning of Genesis, Genesis 12, uh, gets called to leave his own homeland and go across to what later became Israel and settle there. And eventually, the whole, all nations would be blessed through him. And, and would kind of invoke, there's one verse that talks about people blessing themselves in the name of Abraham, which I think is fantastic. That's there in Genesis. You can read about. In Acts 13, sending of Paul and Barnabas, there's a backstory. Paul gets converted in modern-day Syria, and Barnabas brings him to Antioch in Turkey, uh, modern-day Turkey, where the believers were first called Messianic, or Christians. Paul and Barnabas were then sent to Jerusalem because of this persecution, people were in hunger, on a, a kind of pre-mission trip with a gift for the church there because of the persecution and the consequent lack of food. They then returned to Antioch, and the prophets and teachers in Antioch are praying and fasting. The Holy Spirit, presumably via prophetic word, says to set apart Paul and Barnabas, and they lay hands on them, and they send them out. But they don't send them out. They set them loose, according to the Greek. So those of you who know, who knows Greek here? I'm joking. Nobody knows Greek. I know that. They apoluo them. They set them loose. So the word is not the, the apostello, which you would expect to send them. It's to set them loose, which I think is great, isn't it? You set us loose to go and do mission work in West Asia. Um, Paul and Barnabas were set loose to go and do mission work in Cyprus and modern-day Turkey. Uh, and that's the way it should be. I think that's really good. There's no kind of sense of control. There's no implicit kind of funding of the mission partners uh, we had to say to one of our churches, it's great that you want to pray for us and send us out, but you don't have to give us money. In fact, they did give us money, which was great, because we did need to be supported. But uh, it's not really about that. It's really about prayer and su support and sending and being set loose for that work. Paul's mission was first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, to adapt Romans 1, 14 to 17. But we see that working out in his, the actual way he went about his mission work. Um, he usually went to the Jewish synagogue to start with. This was his kind of inn. And then he would go to much more public places so that others from the nations could hear the good news. So although he very much felt called to the nations, 
the word, by the way, again, a bit of Greek for you. The, word, the Greek word for Gentiles and the Greek word for nations are one and the same. It's ethnos, from which we get the word ethnic, right? So um, ethnos and ethnic. Uh, and so he w really wants to go to the nations so that they can hear the good news, but he doesn't want to neglect his own people, the Jews. And much of Acts describes the beginning of his mission to the Gentiles, his final goal to get to Rome and preach the gospel there. So the, the, act, the book of Acts ends, it kind of, sometimes I used to read and think, that's kind of disappointing. He's ended up in prison in Rome. How is that a happy ending? But in fact, that's exactly where he wanted to be so that the, the gospel could go out uh, in the heartland of the Roman Empire and spread out. Of course, it eventually spread to Europe and to here. We are part of the nations who are evangelized, um, not particularly early, actually, you know, much later than Armenians and Georgians and all kinds of people that you know, were part of the area that we went to work in, um, they actually got the gospel much earlier than us. And the coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts corresponds to the prophecy given by Jesus in Acts 1, 7 to 8. The apostles would go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Another passage that links Messiah mission and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And there are these kind of waves as it goes out to, first of all, um, Believers who've come to Jerusalem to, to, to celebrate Pentecost, they uh, see the apostles filled with the Holy Spirit, of course, at Pentecost, and themselves become believers, some of them. Then we see the Samaritans, Samaria, so that's northern part of Israel, uh, but, you know, not really populated by Jews, but they, they are eventually become believers and get filled with the Spirit. And then the Gentiles, of course, in Caesarea the ends of the, the earth, the nations. So by the time Paul and Barnabas uh, are set loose to go on a mission trip, the Holy Spirit has already come on the Samaritans and the Gentile nations. So what is the church's mission? What's your job, as it were, uh, in mission? Well, I'd like to say, I think you really know that everyone, all of us are called to mission. Mission isn't some kind of add-on, is it? It's the primary responsibility of the church along with discipleship. And even there, there's a big thrust these days in disciple-making movements to say that we want to disciple people from unbelief to belief. So a lot of you may be thinking, well, there aren't many Christians left, and we're not getting much support from the government, and there's a temptation to be sort of down on Christianity the whole time. But actually, what we, we're called to disciple people from unbelief to belief. It doesn't matter whether you're in... West Asia or West Reading, in a sense, uh, our role is the same. Um, we want to see people come to faith and then grow and mature as well. And of course, that is also part of the church's mission. Not just mission, mission to all nations. It's great that you've got this mission Sunday, I think. I'm, I'm really excited about that. So how does Bible translation and scripture engagement fit in? These days, there's a focus on local communities making decisions about how Bible translation and scripture engagement is going to take place in their part of the world. So we try to avoid being paternalistic, in other words, making decisions for people. Uh, we encourage them to make the decisions, and uh, nevertheless, we don't sort of hand over, but we work closely alongside them, we being people like Georgina and I, who are Wycliffe members. 
So what kinds of people do you need? Well, we, of course, we do need linguists, and I was just chatting with um, the father of uh, Megan. Uh, sorry, I've forgotten your name. <laughs> Megan's father, anyway, uh, who is a linguist, and uh, we had talked to her about possibly joining Wycliffe at some point in the future. But we also need all kinds of other people, because what tends to happen in an organization like Wycliffe is that people only join if they're interested in linguistics. And then at some point, uh, there's a shortage of project coordinators or IT people or whatever. And people get sucked out of linguistics into those roles. So wouldn't it be better if in the first place, some IT people or you know, HR people or whatever, graphic designers, we need all those kinds of people. Scripture engagement workers, and that just means people who like leading Bible studies and uh, things like that. If they joined Wycliffe, then the linguists wouldn't have to leave linguistics, would they? And they could carry on in that kind of translation and linguistic work. So we work mainly as trainers and consultants these days. So I'm a Bible translation and scripture engagement consultant. Scripture engagement is about transform lives, so it's a very big picture. How are people actually going to engage with the Bible in audio or whatever format? Georgina is a project management consultant, so she meets with program managers project uh, coordinators, whatever you want to call them, and helps them manage their projects and plan and all the rest. We both teach at Moreland's part-time, and uh, the rest of our time, we are often on trips. So I'm, in a few weeks in March, I'm off to West Asia to meet with a team there. I've never met with them before. This is our first visit, so I said it would be great to meet face-to-face -face despite the pandemic and everything else. And from then on, we might be able to meet in Zoom uh, and work that way. But to start with, we try and get to know each other, obviously. So uh, that's a very exciting project. Same language we worked on, but in a different country. And I'll, I'll tell you more if you approach me afterwards. We'll be standing at the back. Uh, you don't need to know Hebrew or Greek to join Wycliffe, as I say. You don't need to be a linguist. You could get involved in many different roles. So, in conclusion, where, what have we seen today? We've seen that God's mission is to all nations. And it's our mission as well, that he has delegated that mission to us. And the Holy Spirit leads and guides us. Uh, the church is God's primary agent for carrying out his mission, of course. And we're very aware of that. Especially as unbelievers are discipled towards faith, they need to meet with other believers um, once they become believers, and even before that, probably. A lot of people don't get it, do they, until they see a, the community of the church, uh, you know, all of, or, or a, um, some kind of group like uh, the Alpha Course. I couldn't remember its name. The Alpha Course, you know, they, they turn up for Alpha. I, I used to help lead Alpha in our last church. Um, and uh, some people, they turn up and they see this group and everyone's talking about God and they just get it all of a sudden. And they don't get it until they see that group. And that's really great. Um, lost my place here. We have seen God at work in amazing ways. Um, seeing people come to Christ through dreams, visions. So I'll just tell one last story. Um, somebody that we worked with who became a Bible translator, she was converted actually by going to a fortune teller. Uh, she, was, she had all kinds of contact with believers, but she was hesitating. She didn't want to commit. And she went to her hometown, went to a fortune teller at a shrine and the fortune teller scattered salt instead of tea leaves because that's how they do it 
and then lit a candle, put it in the middle of the table and said, this candle represents Jesus. You need to reach out and take the candle. And she didn't at that point, but it really shook her up. And so when she got back to the city where we, live, we were living, the capital, she went and found all the people who become believers from her background. And she asked them, why did you become a believer? What does it mean? And so on and so forth. And eventually she became a believer and she became such a switched on believer. She is in fact now, she's gone back, she's married, I can't remember whether he's German or French, but he, uh, he and she and his, her husband, she and her husband have gone to Central Asia and now living there uh, to do mission work there. And it's absolutely fantastic to see that, to see her, the growth of her to the point where she could go back and get involved in mission. As I say, it's God's mission, not ours. Uh, it's a delight to be involved with that mission, however, and just want to thank you. Uh, can we just show that video as a way of giving thanks? There was one slide with Craig and Ruth on, or Craig. It's more Daleks. Okay, we'll skip the video, shall we? Uh, I'll tell you what she said. She said this, was, this is the result of much hard work and prayer and financial sacrifice and so on. And the whole thing was translated into the language that we worked on. So that was very exciting. Um, yeah, pity it didn't work. Never mind. Sorry about that. All right, let's pray as we close. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that uh, it is your mission. Thank you for the coming of the Holy Spirit and uh, for us being thrust out into the world, well, for people being thrust out into the world and eventually bringing the good news here to Europe and to this place. And, uh, yeah, just thank you for this church, Lord, and the many mission partners that have gone out from here into your work amongst the nations throughout the world. And uh, pray that this may continue, Lord, and that you'll raise up others in the future. Amen.